What up, fellas? Welcome to True Urban Culture, where we bring back where we bring the truth back to our urban culture, and we bully Sean for whatever his hair choices are this week. I am your host, Kenny Santos, and I have my co-host here, the main man Donnie, Sean the Black Don, and our guest host of this week, who I think is below me, Shama Remy. Shama, it's so great to have you because as much as I love these two, I don't think anyone can empathize with me over the trauma of having brown parents. <laughs> Isn't it great to have you here? So as we do, before I introduce how great of a person Shema is, we're going to talk about the mental health check-in. So as we begin every week, we will check in by saying, one, I want to die. Two, my life is pointless. Three, nothing matters. Four, my life sucks now. Five, whatever. Six, I'm content. Seven, I'm grateful. Eight, I'm in a good place. Nine, I'm excited about life. Ten, couldn't be better. So Shema, tell us, where are you on that check-in? And to do be brutally honest. Okay, um, I'm going to have to say six. I'm content. Why? I question your contentness. <laughs> I don't believe you. Um. Okay, yeah, maybe you're right. You probably don't believe me. But I don't know. I've just been trying to get through some issues I've been having personally. And, like, um, it's it's been a hell of a ride like this week but i think right now i'm definitely at a six still a little more though but yeah for now that's right if i had to gander from my personal relationship with you i can imagine it's your career that has the most pressure on you which really grows great with our team so where <laughs> i'm gonna be i'm already happy to poke holes in that next we have donnie who keeps giving me that look <laughs> oh, where are you on the mental check-in um I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll say I'm content. Um, nothing major really happened this week. Um, nothing bad. Nothing good. Um, I'm just existing as of right now. So, yeah. I mean, uh, content uh, or five, whatever. Just find where I'm at right now. I can smell your existence from here, and it smells like <laughs> Helen Klein, <laughs> Black Dawn. How are we? <laughs> I'm gonna put myself at like a seven, and I'm gonna say seven simply because, as you pointed out, with me changing up something almost every time that you guys see me, I now have braces <laughs> in my mouth. So mm, we're gonna see you. if I can talk with these goddamn things here. <laughs> I don't know. That's a fetish for some people. I think you'll bring us a new audience if anything. I, I don't think it's an audience that we want, but it's an audience that we'll get. I enjoy being the token person who brings in the new audience with my creative choices. <laughs> yes, Sean, Sean is our fetish boy. That's all we need him for. But it, it, but if that wraps everyone else up, I would say I'm also pretty content. I went to the Hayden Planetarium here in the Natural History Museum, where it seems that the only thing they sell is Neil deGrasse Tyson books, which is funny because he's also the director. So I'm just proud of him <laughs> for plugging in his own crap in you know what's meant to be a public museum so i'm pretty great and i'm fairly sure we'll never get to mars but we don't have to talk about that today in any case let's wrap let's get right into our topic and it's mostly about career because we have a lot of career oriented people shama here is part of a top accounting firm and is the reason i got through all my financial accounting classes i promise i didn't cyber bully her more than i had to okay so for our, let's go to our first question that revolves around money now, the question would be, 
do you measure your own success based off of how much money you make? And I think that's really ironic because the majority of us are journalists here and, you know, money is not really something that should motivate yeah. us. <laughs> you know what, Donnie, go for it. Go um, I, I will say no. Um, and this is just my overall opinion of money in general. Um, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um, I, I, just, I particularly don't care about money. Um, I've written, uh, ripped up money and destroyed money before just for the cause of it. Um, it's it's not something that I I like base my success on. It's whether I'm happy. That's all I really care about. Well, Donnie, I can't really condone the burning of government property, but I'm glad that you're doing your part to help end inflation. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us more about what motivated your career choices? If it wasn't money, what was it so far? Why are you where you are in life? I, I think it was mostly because throughout high school and middle school, I was I I read constantly and I was always told that my writing was good and stuff like that. Um this wasn't what I originally planned to do. I planned to go into the criminal justice field and start at community college. But then that didn't work out. So I got in touch with like an old mentor of mine from middle school. Um, he asked me if I still wrote. I said no. Then after that, I wrote my first screenplay in two months. And since then, I was like, well, like, I guess I want to be a journalist. So and here I am. <laughs> All right, two questions. I want you to ask the answer to the second one first, and then we'll move on to Shema. This, the first question is, so why did you originally want to do criminal justice? And the second question is, what is that playlist and how sexy is it? <laughs> answer, the second ask, answer the second question first. Um, I, I tried to be as dirty and explicit as possible in the script that I wrote, but it's... Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's missing a lot of stuff. But for criminal justice, um, I, I really don't know what pushed me to criminal justice. I, I wanted to go into the military and stuff like that. But um, a huge red flag popped up on my psyche valve and never called them back again. Uh, so <laughs> I, I honestly don't know why I wanted to do criminal. I think I wanted to know how People, people do the things that they do. So I think it was more of being fascinated with criminal minds and just thinking, oh, well, that seems interesting. Let me do that. So I think that's what it was. I just love to know how people work and especially criminals and stuff like that. That's awesome because I know you were raised on TV. So I just imagine you watching Silence of the Lambs and like watching <laughs> all those personality profilers. And I want to do that. <laughs> right. But that's something else that motivates people beyond the career. Like they're exposed in pop culture and they assume it's like really super duper cool. But the funny thing is like once you're in there, it's just like wow, they really blew this shit up. It's actually that's, yeah. really more, <laughs> that's probably it too. All right, let's move on to Shema. Shema, you're obviously extremely successful thus far for especially for someone of our background and our age. Can you please tell us what do you measure your own success based off of how much money do you make in this point in time? Um, good question. I think I would actually say yes for me at least, um, because you know, in my in my field, it's more of like you know, 
at least for me, um, I would love to make more money and be successful. Um, I just think, you know, growing up, I've I've always thought or, you know, kind of thought the idea of like money does buy you happiness. But I think it depends in which context. Like for me, um, for me, money is more like I would be happy with it. Um, but also to answer that question, too, I would also say no. Like, I think it's yes or no for me, at least, but I mostly lean towards a yes, um, simply because growing up, I always worked really hard. And, um, you know, I the more money I made, I just felt content and happy because I knew I worked hard to get this money. So I think in that context, that's um, what I feel. But also, uh, there's also the concept of no, not really, because um, a lot of people think money buys them happiness but also I think no because um basically I am content right now like you know what I said I'm, I'm happy with where I am like I'm not saying I'm making six figures right now but you know I'm just saying like you're not get the fuck out then what because you're rich I mean, I'm almost okay. there, but <laughs> but you know, once I mean, right now I'm happy, I'm content with where I am. So I think uh, it just depends on like an internal, like you know, feeling that money does buy you happiness or it doesn't. Just depends on where you are in your life, I guess. Great, so, I love yeah. that ambiguous answer to make it yeah, seem like I'm you're sorry. not a cold, hungry <laughs> capitalist. Let's this is let's like unpack my this. First she's losing her podcast virginity today guys absolutely <laughs> in, in any case but i i want to unpack some of that because initially you said that you were your upbringing so it seems that you're motivated by the fact that you know uh the higher the salary is it seems more it seems more like you the your labor and your efforts are being rewarded more highly as time goes on but let, yeah. let's talk about so when you were growing up, you mentioned you did mention that uh, a lot of it had to do with your exposure to money when you were growing up. Or was that something that your family in potentially ingrained in you that you had to pursue higher and higher salaries? Or did you see that in pop culture? Or did you have any figures in your life that you modeled your own behavior off of? Let, let's go back to your origin story, Batman. Um, so basically uh growing up like my i saw my dad working hard like he works in a hospital like he's still there um he's a nutritionist and so he's been there since the 90s and i kind of just saw him grow you know growing up bringing money to our table like basically food to our to our table and uh, my mom really didn't work much um she was taking care of my brother and i and then uh, once my brother and I were older, uh, she worked and I saw how hard she kind of worked her butt off to uh, provide for all of us. And, you know, she just wanted an identity for herself. So I thought, OK, like I want to do the same thing. Like I knew if I had money, I can pay my bills. I don't have to go to my parents for everything, you know, like, oh, I need to buy a new like um, a new computer or like a new a phone or anything like that. So I, I think for me, it was my exposure to seeing my parents like work hard to make money. And I thought, okay, like for me, I think making money will make me successful. So I could give back to my parents, at least, you know, I just had that ingrained in my mind. But also like, I, I would love to um, give back to my own community, like, which is why I think for me personally, I would be really happy if I had a lot of money, you know, making enough money so I could 
give back to my parents, you know, buy them a house one day, hopefully. Um, but also, I, I think that's the exposure that I had during my childhood and growing up and being like the oldest, like eldest daughter in an immigrant family. That's what really made me like more motivated. So I think um, to answer your question, it was definitely the exposure in my childhood to seeing my parents working hard for money. So I think that's that's why. I like that. I like that. It combines, you know, stereotypical immigrant work ethic, but also the idea that, you know, you've got to eventually pave your mark in the world. And oftentimes yeah. money is the best way to do that because it seems like you have a lot of goals after. I think the only way in which we're different is that I, I you know, um, uh, I, I'm advancing in my career finally, and I still don't give a shit about asking my parents for money. In fact, I go out of my way to make sure I don't spend my money by asking them for it. <laughs> so I guess our morality is completely different. Okay, Black Dawn, let's see what how are you, are you measured? Do you measure your success based on how much is in that bank account? In fact, you know what? Share me the details of your bank account so I can share it with our audience, and then we can then we can decide for ourselves. Okay, so I won't do that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I will say I was never really a person who measured my success through my, I guess, how much money I'm making. I know that like I always wanted to be like a writer or I always wanted to have something to do with like the arts and everything. And you usually hear like a lot of uh, like a lot of people will obviously start to tell you like, you know, oh, you got to put in the work to make a living when it comes to being an artist, you know dancing writing whatever you do you have to kind of be forward about it so i never really put too much thought into like you know how much money i would be making with all of it as long as i was doing whatever i like love to do i felt like i would be successful i do realize that you know money is important simply because it's necessary for a way of living but otherwise if i could possibly do whatever i wanted to do or like focus on my career and everything without money being an actual issue, I probably would. It really wouldn't be that like important to me. I've never really looked at money as like a means of like success. I usually use it frequently for things like, you know, the usual stuff like living, treating my friends and all the stuff like that. So yeah, no, I like that. Uh, it, it's a strict divide between people of different fields because, you know, in Shayma's answer, her, her idea was that money was kind of the launching pad to be able to do the kind of things you do. But for like artistic people it's or, uh, you know, people in media, it just seems like that one barrier that you need to get over just so you can continue doing what you want. So mm -hmm. it, in fact, you know, it inspires me that before we move on to the next real question, I'm just going to ask everyone to quickly tell me, and we'll start with Donnie again. Uh, just quickly tell me if you had if you had no money worries and had an unlimited supply of money, what would you do to, how would you spend your time essentially? How, how would you go, how would you fill the void that a job or labor once did? Donnie, what would you do? Um, I, I think I talked about this on a, a previous episode, but um, I, I would travel and do freelance journalism. Um, just travel the United States, writing poetry and taking pictures. And I would just live off the land. Nice. I won't. I really want to pick that, but we really need to get to the next question. I'll see you after, see you after this podcast. Shayma, what would you do if you had an unlimited money supply? How would you fill your time? Um. So I also would travel a lot. I have, you know, travel the world. I don't really want to travel in the U.S., but um, I'm more into world geography, I guess. But also, um, I'm really big on giving back to my community. So I guess I would go back to Bangladesh and donate and, you know, orphan to orphanages because that's where 
you know, I, I felt them. I mean, I've never been in an orphanage, obviously, but I just mean like I visited enough over there to kind of see how they're living over there. So I think with that money that I had, like I would, I would do that. Nice. Sean, how about you? What would you do with unlimited money? Just keep dancing. So I'd, <laughs> so I'd say adding a combination of two previous answers, I'd also like to be able to like travel more. And if I had money, I actually would donate more to like, you know, homeless causes and like, you know, orphanage and all stuff like that. But if I really didn't have to worry about money, I'd probably spend it a lot more on like actually financing like different things. So like buying myself more photography equipment or finding a space where I could actually practice like my crafts and stuff freely studio space and all that. Dope. Honestly, for me, it, it's, it's again, yeah, travel stereotypically, but honestly, I, if I had unlimited money, I'd just keep going back to college, just keep racking up the degrees. I want to be Dr. Santos Esquire before I die, just to, not because I want to like make any headway in research. I just want to brag about it on my tombstone. But let's get to the next question. <laughs> let's get to the next question where we talk about where your romance and your partners fit into your whole dreamscape, let's call it. So basically, could you forgive loved ones who... Uh, it looks like we skipped one, but uh, yeah, well, why not? Let's talk about loved ones who don't support your dreams. Could could you forgive them after some time? Because I know sometimes your parents, your partner, they're your toughest credit. So, Sean, let's go with you. Could you forgive your wife or your girlfriend who said you sucked at dancing? Well, I hope your legs get broken, but not like I hope you break a leg out there. Could you forgive them after being successful in your art? Um. Honestly, like I, I'm a very forgiving person, so I'd forgive them. They probably wouldn't be part of my journey anymore at that point because, you know, obviously you would rather have people who support you, even if like, you know, you don't seem like you're going anywhere right away. People that kind of inspire you and say like they can see your vision and where you're trying to go also kind of helps you push forward a little bit when you have that kind of support team behind you. So like even if you're not where you want to be at the moment, the power of somebody being like, yeah, you know, you have the tenacity. I can see you doing it. Can really like motivate you more to be like, you know what? I could do it. So I really don't think I could be at least stay with someone who wasn't at least promoting, like, you know, at least trying to promote or trying to like help me achieve my dreams. Even if it's not like a get like a physical like promotion, like they're doing something that's actually helping me, but they're actually giving me their like all support, their moral support. They're there when I need them and all the stuff like that. I'd rather that than someone who's just kind of like gonna shut you down. So, you know, gonna be on some, I mean, I don't really see you doing well in this path. It's just like, well, what if I end up taking off later? How are you gonna feel now that you kind of tried to shut me down? You know, <laughs> it's kind of an <laughs> asshole move. <laughs> now, has that ever happened to you before? Um, I would honestly say surprisingly, no, I'm not even surprisingly, thankfully, no, nobody has really kind of not like, you know, not really tried to support or see what I'm up to usually, or like see what I'm kind of up to. Usually a lot of people will kind of sit there and be like, you know, they'll watch and just see what I do. And they'll be like, you're really good at it. And I'll be like, oh, thank you. Like, I'll say not like, uh, not a significant other, but like my best friend, he's also in like a creative field. And for the longest time, I used to like he used to actually kind of get mad at me because I wasn't pursuing what I wanted to pursue. Like, like legit, we get into arguments because 
he was kind of always a go-getter and I was more shy. So like it took me a minute to kind of bloom and like start going towards like chasing the dreams that I wanted to do. So he'd always be like, you know, you got to be working. You got to be doing this. You got to be doing that. And I kind of get tight at him usually because I was going through some shit. And I'd be like, I don't want to talk about like, you know, where I'm going in life right now. I just kind of want to vent about what's happening currently, presently. But like now we kind of just have normal conversation. He'd be like, yeah, you know, we got to be on top of things and everything. And I'm like, I agree. We do. So we kind of motivate each other more. And like, I prefer those kind of relationships more. Nice. I'm now absolutely mad at my friends for not being that way. Donnie, why aren't you ever mad at me for not chasing my dreams? (laughs) (laughs) Do you even know what my dreams are, Donnie? No. Not on live, you piece of shit. (laughs) You know what? You're next. You're next. Could you forgive your loved ones who don't support your dreams? It like your significant other, or like just like family could be, and friends. Could be could be family, friends, mentors, teachers, uh, brothers, sisters, professors, even your children. So, what if you <laughs> produce a child that says you ain't shit, Donnie? Could you forgive him? Um, I I I mean this in like the most honest and nicest way possible i really don't care if people support my dreams or not especially loved ones um like like i said i i've had a different background so it's like i don't have like role models or like a stable flow of like people who came in so i mean no i i've been alone doing this for like a long time and like I, I really I really don't seek support or um, affirmations from um, other people. So whether my friends decided to support my career, that's cool. If they don't, that's cool too. We're still going to get brunch on Sundays or whatever. Like I don't know. It's just I, I'm weird. Like I. I don't care. <laughs> like, I really don't care. You had my support until you mentioned brunch. <laughs> I, I love yeah. brunch. <laughs> wrote, why are you like this, Donnie? Someone loves brunch. You like breakfast, and you like having it later in the day. I, I think I like the idea of brunch. That's what it is. Are you fucking um, <laughs> In any case, but no, I appreciate it. In fact, could you tell our audience how we can achieve this power of not giving a fuck about people's opinions? Um have both your parents on drugs be supported by dhs until you're 20 and yeah great i I can very easily slip something into their morning coffee so you know maybe some ecstasy so they get off my back appreciating life a little more but no I, i definitely empathize with that man like um too many too many people give their opinions and not enough too many people give their opinions and too many of those opinions are actually heard you know what i mean like uh, we've mentioned it before there are some people who even while watching this podcast have had nothing to do with our lives and then want to talk to us about a certain topic and give us inform us or give us advice or tell us yeah it's like yeah I (laughs) i know man i get that a lot from family members and i'm like 
Did you get more than a high school education? Don't tell yeah. me what the right exactly. Fuck out of here, man. Those those who cannot create only criticize. Am I right, guys? <laughs> okay, Shema, let's wrap let's wrap this one up with what you whatever the hell you got to say. Could you forgive your loved ones who don't support your dreams? Has it happened to you in the past? Maybe maybe you find a husband one day and he just looks you up and down and says, "Fucking orphanages in Bangladesh, fuck, fuck those guys." Could you forgive them? <laughs> fuck those kids. Um, <laughs> thankfully, um. It, like none of that has ever happened but hypothetically i i would forgive them but i wouldn't associate myself with them anymore like you know as sean said um i i would consider myself a forgiving person because i would do it for me not for them but basically i i would forgive them and just move on with my life because i really don't give a shit if you're in my life or not like you know that's yeah. how i see it yeah. like you know if you were if you really cared about me, you would be the day one, like, you know, OG. But, like, if you don't care, I don't give a shit. You can leave. You can do whatever you want. And if you don't support me, that's 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 you. Like, I don't care. So I think I think I would forgive them, but I just wouldn't give them, you know, my time of day. I wouldn't care, like, if they were in my life or not. I mean, even doesn't matter if it's family or not. I would be like, oh, you're my mom, but you're not going to support me. I'm not, I'm not your child anymore, you know, like that kind of thing. So I think, I think it just depends. Like growing up, I've seen a lot of like parents, especially in like the South Asian community, like they don't support a lot of their child's dreams. They just want, oh, doctor, engineer, lawyer, you know, whatever, like that kind of thing. I'm like, no, that's not going to cut it. But thankfully my parents have not been like that, but I've seen other kids go through it. So I'm just like, you know what it's time to break away from that mentality like do what you want like you only live this life once like i i don't care you know like that kind of thing so i think to answer your question yeah man and, and uh, on a side note i really hope that air conditioner of yours is working because it is fucking sweltering out here for those of us who are <laughs> no, in new york it's actually not on right now but God, I forgot what is wrong with you before I <laughs> shame, shame i, I have on. agreed with your life choices up until now <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, I'm like sweating under my hair, but it's okay. Gross. But in any case, <laughs> but in any case, it's funny because you do you mentioned that doctor, engineer, lawyer thing. Why do you think those jobs have become so important or so placed on the pedestal in immigrant communities? Because that really ties into you know our our theme about careers and people supporting them. Like, why is it such a narrow view? Is it just because that those careers tend to make a lot of money or traditionally do lawyers don't? And for our audience, lawyers don't really make that much money compared to how much debt they make unless to get into like a top law firm which isn't the case for everyone let's be honest but uh, uh based on that side now why, why do you think it is why do you think it is that they're so crazy about their kids having these jobs um i think you know from generations ago a lot of they're just used to seeing like all these doctors and engineers like being really successful in their career making all that money to support themselves and like their families so i think i think seeing that um that's the one like basically career paths that they were like looking for their kids to go into just so they could like they could live a lavish life i think um that's that's why like in my opinion i don't really know much about why but 
That's what I've heard, to be honest. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but that's what I've heard. So shame means she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. She's just (laughs) echoing whatever someone else said to her. I'm kidding. Uh, I can back up with a lot of of what she says. It it is the prevailing thought of our um, communities. And, you know, it's kind of sad because, like, it, it seems to be that, you know, it's all about financial independence and whatnot. But let's say your kid wanted to be a rapper i hope he doesn't but let's say he does uh you know there a small percentage of them are very financially affluent more so than any of the career paths that we mentioned it's just a small Mm -hmm. percentage of them but like you could say put that post that same logic so like i said lawyers like yes they they have the potential to be very financially affluent it's just a small percentage of them engineers yeah most of them are doing pretty well but you have to factor in debt you have to factor in continuing studies you have to factor in like do you actually like working all those hours that I hear that mm-hmm. they work? So there are a lot more things to factor in that your average immigrant family doesn't. But, you know, before uh, we move on, I will, I'm trying to think of another mini question to ask before the main big question. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll ask it. Now, are you guys ever motivated by those who criticize you? Because, you know, a lot of my life choices are just based off of ego and spite. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes people be like, I remember uh, very quickly, like, I was in high school and, like, uh, the career, can- the our college counselor or whoever helped us apply to colleges was like, oh, you know, Kenny, uh, maybe you shouldn't apply to these schools. You know, they're super expensive. And I'm like, bitch, I'd do it anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll, do it again. I'll do it again <laughs> not an ounce of debt and like now i'm talking to one of my friends who are like in the financial accounting sector and you know he has been questioning my uh, me wanting to go into due diligence investigation since uh, the, the the beginning of our friendship and i tell him i'm really into astrophysics and i was like god kenny you're wasting your potential there and like wasting my potential i'll see you when i have a phd bitch but hey, because does that all does spite and ego also motivate any of you? Shama, you go first. Have you ever have you ever made a career choice just out of sheer fucking spite? Um, actually, no. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like really boring when it comes to that. But um, no, actually, I, I've pretty much just been motivated um by, like I said, my my childhood trauma, um, basically. Uh, but by trauma, I just mean like. Uh, there's a lot to talk about there, but I won't get into that. But um, yeah, I don't think I've I've never made my career choices out of spite or ego. That's, that's funny. I was about to ask you to expand on the childhood trauma because that's our bread and butter. But yeah. um, yeah. right, <laughs> Sean, uh, have, have you made any career or even life decisions based off of spite or ego just to prove someone wrong? First off, I just want to say sponsored by therapy. Um, <laughs> but um, honestly, I don't think so. I'm never really, I never really kind of almost going back towards to what like uh, Donnie said. I never really kind of care too much about what people say sometimes. Like I appreciate the support and everything, but like when it comes to the more negative feedback, it's usually like a ignored sense. It's just like a okay <laughs> it's just like you know like okay but that's you uh, that's not me i could probably do it like you know or i have the confidence that i could probably accomplish it if i put my mind to it so i don't really pay too much attention to if anybody tries to do something out of spite there are i guess people in i want to say in my circle that have been like the here and there where somebody has done something kind of maybe spite foolish that kind of shows like their true colors but i don't really focus on it too much it just brings up the oh okay you're 
you're not somebody that's going to be on this journey with me for long because you your intentions seem a little bit shady a little wavy so maybe you know like and even if with my given nature i'll support you but you are not allowed anywhere near anything that i'm doing like you could keep all that negative energy to yourself i'll still support you and be like you know hype you up and everything but i really don't need you to like you know quote unquote kiss my ass or anything to be like you know hey look at what sean's doing it's just like nah you could keep that shady Okay, Sean, when I present my thesis, I better have you waiting outside in the hall in a cheerleader uniform, okay? This is my I will be there. I will Thank be you. There. <laughs> Donnie, please save this one. Have you ever done anything just out of spite, just to, just to prove to someone else that you can? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's out of spite. Fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did um I did decide to go to a music festival one time uh, as opposed to um it was against the wishes of my guardians at that time. But uh, they kept saying that oh like you're not gonna like you're not gonna be that successful as a writer, you need to find something more stable and stuff like that. So I don't think I ever did anything out of spite. Like Sean said, I, I really don't care what people say. Like, and I know it sounds like cliche, and people say it all like to all the time, but I, I, I just don't care. What? Because at the end of the day, I'm the only one that's going to do this, and I'm the only one that can stop myself. So, like, just taking negative or positive energy from anybody else, it really doesn't do nothing to me. As long as I believe in myself, then I'll continue going. And when I don't, then I'll stop. And that's it. That's really inspiring, man. And if I look like I want to stick my head my head in the garbage blender right now, it's only because they still talk about horoscopes on our chat. But um, <laughs> before, before I go to my kitchen and just do just that, let's transition to our very last question that has to do with time. Should there be a time limit on your dreams? Like, will there ever be a day that you think you're too old to do something? Or just, you know, it's you're past the point where you can do something. Should oh. there be a time limit on your dreams? Should you achieve something by this age or by this time? Donnie, should you, uh, should you write that book by the certain age, but before you're 40? Because according to you, after 30, you're dead. Yeah. So according <laughs> to my timeline, yeah, anything past 30 is like... You can pick out your burial plot right now. Um, and I will help you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think there's a time limit on anything. I mean, you can do any anything. You can follow your dreams at any given stage in your career. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just age is nothing but a number, so... Continue doing what you're doing. Well. And don't worry about it. Oh, do you have a retort? Feel feel free to destroy his life, Shama. Yeah. You're please. next anyway. <laughs> no, um, I was just gonna say, I guess, okay, so I think from my perspective, um, there is, like, at least for me. Um, so I think it really just like in my 
you know, culture, community, I guess. Everyone's still mm-hmm. helping on like, oh, okay, you should get married by 30. You should have your career set by 30. All this crap. But like for me personally, I don't like think there should be, at least for me. Like other people in the community will probably say yes because, you know, their parents are always like, no, get married at this age, you know, have your career set, like have babies at this age. I'm like, get that nonsense out of here. But basically, um, for me personally, I don't think so because there's like, you really don't need to set a time limit for your dreams. I mean, obviously, like I would not want to die single, to be honest, but um, that's like my one thing. Everybody <laughs> dies single. Oh, yeah, I think you die by yourself. Die single. Um, <laughs> I just mean like, yo, if I get a ring on the finger before I die, I'm good. I'm good. That means I made it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying like in terms of... Um, Career-wise, I don't think so. Um, you can achieve anything at whatever age. Like, I've seen people get their bachelor's at, like, 40. Like, I mean, I don't know anybody personally, but I've heard stories, so many of them. But I think it just depends on you personally. Um, nothing, like, you know, you don't have to listen to what anybody else does. But personally, I don't think there should be a time limit on your dreams. So that's my guess. That's, that's yeah, my shame. Yeah, Shama, the, those sample sizes that you're using that are almost sure from TikTok, I have also witnessed them. They, yeah, I also watch those videos. Of, like, yeah, I definitely get those best. vibes of her. Trust me. She's absolutely TikTok famous. Me? Informs, yes, she, it informs her personality. But uh, all, all the fame and the clout just goes through her head. But, <laughs> But uh, no, it's cool because like I also follow someone who who started their PhD at thirty, which isn't like too strange at all. Like the fact that people were t- treating it as strange was strange in and of itself. But the fact that like you know people feel like they need to rush towards the next yeah um, the next goal point is really fucking stupid. Because like yeah, now some people some people uh, Liddell, you have too many side holes to not die single. Okay? <laughs> If I can, if this guy, I don't want to die single either, Shaba. Come on, Liddell. We, we all know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Feel free to edit that out later, but come on, don't lie. All your sides, um, like, yeah, come on. Just up in a hot seat just now. <laughs> uh, well, I even lost my train of thought, but like, yeah, man. Uh, I I don't give a fuck if I'm fifty. I'll become I'll become a JD student. Sean. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> well, what the fuck is the question? Um, that Sean, what yeah. do you think about this? All right. Um, honestly, I feel like a lot of people get too bogged down with the idea that there needs to be a time limit when it comes to your dreams. That's why we all end up scrambling the way that we are in this day yeah. and age. Because you see a lot of people who seems like they're they're like, and I feel like it was just brought up. You see, like a lot of people whose success started at. We can even say the early age of like 16 or so. Like some people releasing books at 16, some people up in Hollywood at 18. But then in the same token, like you said, there's people who just got their PhD at 40. There's people who are legit successful actors and they just started acting at 50. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter, I guess, what age or what time you start your dreams as long as you're working towards it. Because honestly, we kind of get stuck in the idea that a lot of things need to be done right here and right now. And yes, that works for certain people, but for others, it kind of just puts that like pressure on you mentally a little bit with the, oh, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not accomplishing what I need to be doing. And I feel like honestly, that's a lot where 
issues like depression and all like you know depression suicide and all the stuff like that starts to come up because a lot of society's pressures on us to be top tier or where we need to be like i'm pretty sure we can all be honest like I, you've heard at least maybe one person somewhere either among your friends group back in like high school or something that was just like by like 25 i see me with the the kids and the, the nice lavish roof and all the stuff like that and like we're all at like you know different ages of 20 just sitting here like do you know what you're doing <laughs> i not mm. I, Nobody I can't, does. No. <laughs> <laughs> and like because of that whole image of you need to know what you're doing that's placed on us from even like school teaching us you know like i think i started to realize you know school kind of teaches us all linear we're all kind of learning the same thing so then by the time we get out of school we're all sitting there just like all right i need to take the knowledge i got from school and do something practical with it which stops you from doing exploring any of the other stuff that you really want to be doing I was like, I could say I got out of while in college, I know that I wanted to be a creative writer. I didn't get my creative writing classes until legit my senior year. And it was only like two classes. And I'm sitting here just like, I do not feel equipped to be a writer. <laughs> yeah, that's why I that's one of the reasons why I didn't go to college um, for the whole four years. That's why I tried community college because they wanted me to do like a year of like general studies and stuff like that. And it's like, that's not what I'm here for. That's not what I'm paying you guys for. I want to study writing and photography and stuff like that. And if your guys are not going to teach me that right off the bat, then I can easily go to YouTube and Barnes and Nobles and pick out books mm -hmm. and do that. But... <laughs> He keeps saying that I lied about my resume. I never said I went to Harvard. I said I went to community college. <laughs> I feel like you're the type of person that just doesn't hand in a resume. You just like show up at the office and like I will leave if you agree to pay me. I mean, that is kind of like yes, like damn if you do, damn if you don't. Like I, I'm just coasting through life. <laughs> I can't wait until resumes become obsolete and you just, I don't know, just fucking go to my LinkedIn that's attached to my goddamn profile and you look at all the shit I wrote yeah. on my free time. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, no, I guess what we're talking about is kind of like this youth-obsessed culture that we live in. Because like uh, it, it, Donnie brings this up a lot of how that, you know, a lot of our portrayals of how life should be come from, you know, the big screen. And like you look at the screen, you're seeing like uh, lawyers that work that are partners of their own firms by like 25. You see doctors who you look so young that they could be your son. You uh, see physicists that you know achieved that that, uh, that that are able to understand exactly how much the Earth rotates to the I don't know to the nanometer. And it's just like, you know, you think you have to achieve those things by that same age. But when in reality, you look at these professions in real life, these people are achieving these things by 40, 50. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all the, all the great men and women of history were probably in their late 30s to late 50s when they achieved a lot of what they said. Like Galileo Galilei, he, he published his works when he was an old dude. He was basically unknown beforehand. So why, mm -hmm. I, why do you guys think in this common, in this modern day, we think, you know, your golden age is in your 20s. Why do you think that, Sean? I'd say it's okay. So I guess it comes off of just coming from being a teenager, the idea of like, you know, once you hit 20, unless you're still, unless you're not still going to school, 
you're probably like now in the prime of like now you gotta like figure out your life. You know, you come out of school where everything's kind of taught to you for the entire time, and then once you hit twenty, and like you know beyond, it's now the game of okay. So I have to take everything I just learned and kind of like get myself like to move forward. And like you said, you brought up when it comes to media and everything, they kind of really promote the idea of like being in your twenties. It's like that kind of prime golden age where everybody's now going successful. I can point out like a number of different shows that I like I've seen where there are characters who are now working, like, you know, working in media, like working at behind television screens. And they're like, you know, Oh, I just turned 25. And you're just like, Oh, you're 25. And you know, they're all successful. They have their own apartments. They have their incomes. They have like this going on. They got dogs or whatever. Pretty sure the what is it the series friends that like long-running series friends all of them are in like these kind of very high-end careers and i'm pretty sure they're all supposed to be generally around like the 20 year old yeah. and you're kind of sitting there just like oh i'm i'm not doing i guess as well as i need to be doing and i guess 20 is usually seen as the youngest because like you know i guess once you get past 20 you hit 30 you're on the road to death that's uh, everybody's just mentality yeah. But then lately, a lot of people have been saying, like, they're like 30 can technically be your prime, too. Like, you know, because 20 is technically, I could, I'd say, weirdly enough, 20 is almost like, even though we're treated as young adults, I would say we're like almost accelerated teenagers in a weird sense, simply because it's just like you hit your 20s and now it becomes the game of, right, figuring yourself out even deeper or, figuring out what you really want to do in life or you're more exploratory. You're in the, like, you know, the prime of like dating culture where like everybody's now like, you know, still figuring things out for themselves. And then once you hit 30, everything starts to like concrete a little bit more for you. You're just like, okay, I have this idea of what I want to do in my life or how, what would I look for in a person or what kind of jobs I'm interested in and stuff like that. Cause you did all of that experimentation in 20. <laughs> so I feel like this whole 20 issue, like prime is kind of bullshit, honestly. Mm -hmm. Honestly, yeah. And like human, I, I, we're basing our measurements based off of like, uh, I guess the boomers essentially. Cause like, you know, our life expectancy has shot up at least 10, 15 years since like the previous few generations. So I'm wondering if we need to like shift to figuring out your 20s a bit, you know what I mean? Like our 20s is not the same as the 20s of a generation that only lived until 60 and 70, you know what I mean? You had a much shorter timetable, you're much closer to death. Now we can live up to like 85 to 90. So I'm wondering if like our, our 20s is their teens and our 30s is their 20s, you know what I mean? So Shema, same question to you. Um, Why are we so sorry. youth obsessed? Um, I think, yeah, like as Sean mentioned, I think, you know, just seeing a lot of it on TV, you just think, oh, wow, I'm not like at su that successful yet at like my age. Like I'm 26. I didn't figure out what I wanted to do until I was like, what, 23. So I think um, it just depends uh like, you know, the media you see and then like your your family, like, um, I mean, my family kind of ingrained that whole do everything before 30. But I'm just like, listen, I'm not doing anything before I'm 30. I will do it on my own timeline. So I think um, that also plays a factor. Like, like for me, I I was going to go to med school and then I pretty much dropped out. I was like, nah, I'm not doing this. Like, and I just chose accounting as a career instead. And I was like, this is much better than going to med school. I was not going to be a doctor and like 
it was a lot of work for me to decide, but I knew like at 22, like I was like, I'm not going to med school. So I, I did a career switch up like completely. Um, but now I'm, I'd say I'm content with where I am. And I think I'll just let the universe decide what the hell is good for me, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think growing up, you just see so much like stuff like the media and then like your own family and friends kind of pressuring you um, to do this and do that by a certain age. So I think that's why we're so obsessed with like doing everything before we're 30, before we're like 35 and like, oh, get married by this age, have like kids by this age. So I think that's pretty much why we're all so obsessed with, with that idea. Man, that's great. Maybe when I'm 26, I'll finally know what I want to do with my life. Maybe that's just a magic number. Because like I'm, I'm in the nascent part of my career, and it's going pretty well. But I'm already thinking of like jumping off and doing something completely different. <laughs> Donnie, you're 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 age obsessed, Donnie. I, that isn't a question. That's a that's a statement. I, you're, you're, you are, you you are the reason this stereotype persists. So t t tell us why you keep doing this, Donnie. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm age obsessed, but uh, we we do have this like mindset that the twenties are supposed to be where you start to get the building blocks for your career and stuff like that, and thirty you should be well into it or something like that. But it's I've never like agreed with society standards of how people should live, um, whether it's religions, astrology, politics, or whatever like that. I mean, I feel like people should just live their truth and live the way they want to. Um, mm -hmm. But I've, age is like, it's like, there's no time limit, I think, on whether or not you should be in your career. Do you think that changes from career to career? Like, are there just some careers that are more accommodating towards old people? I want to I want to evolve this question because you're special. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it does depend. I mean, you don't want a 65-year-old aspiring doctor to still be practicing medicine or something like that while fresh <laughs> out of college, right? <laughs> so I... I I, think I thought we were going to say boxer, and then they'd be like, yeah, maybe not. Or, yeah, or boxer, even a better example. It's like I do think with certain, like, jobs and careers, there is a time limit. But other than that, I mean, artistically, there is no time limit. I mean, last time I checked, Morgan Freeman was, like, 50 when he got his first major film role. So, Yeah, Samuel Jackson was, like, 46 when he started in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, so it's <laughs> yeah, man. It doesn't it doesn't matter how old you are. You can you can be in the famous Quentin Tarantino movie. Everyone, okay, it's not too late. And you don't even you don't even have to show your feet at the end. But if you want to, feel free to. <laughs> everyone gets that reference, right? Yeah. Thank God. There are no foot fetishes allowed on the podcast, everyone. But, Wait, hold on. <laughs> what, what, something you want to say, Donnie? No, I mean I don't have a foot fetish, but. Whoa. We got to accommodate everybody. Sponsored no, by Foot Fetish. <laughs> <laughs> just a foot with the Nike symbol. It was like drawn on the, like the marker. <laughs> you can do it. 
<laughs> oh my god. Sponsored by Gold Bond. I hate you, Liddell. <laughs> oh, Liddell's a menace. But in any case, I think it's now a good time to wrap up this podcast since we've pretty much li- reached our limit with this topic. But before I tell everyone, please, my fellow podcast panelists, would you plug in anything you're working on, anywhere we should follow, and just tell our audience where we can find you? Feel free to add your social security at the end. I'm sh- I promise it won't be used for evil. Donnie, you can go first. Plug. Oh, okay. God damn it! I'm like um, allowing you guys to go first for once, and then you don't I'm, take advantage of the situation. I'm actually not going to plug anything right now. So, um, Sean, you can go ahead. Okay. Um, you can follow me down below at Black. Oh, I pointed to the wrong one, but Black Dawn <laughs> on everything, basically Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. If I decide to again make more TikToks yet. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry you had to cancel your OnlyFans, Sean. I, I know that was really tough. <laughs> we, everyone was, I, I believed in you from the beginning. We're losing sources of income, but, you know, we keep moving. Shamo, <laughs> uh, is there anywhere we you would like people to follow you, whether it be your TikTok, your YouTube, your IG, your blog, your whatever? Um, I just changed my name here, but I, I plugged in my Instagram there. That's the only place I will allow people to follow me nowhere else because, <laughs> because I'm too overwhelmed <laughs> with stuff, right. but Instagram, best place, um, to follow. So yeah, it's like, um, wait, this yeah. side, there you go. <laughs> That's the Instagram for her family, everyone. I'm sure she has a Instagram somewhere. Hiding. I do not. I, I do not. <laughs> She doesn't. <laughs> in any case, yeah, here is I'm gonna point be the only person that actually points to where my IG handle actually is because you know I spatial I, I score high on spatial awareness apparently. <laughs> this is my only IG. I did make a TikTok and I only made like one post, but I think it's too like dot heavy. Like it's one of those posts that has way too much writing and people just pass on. Oh can, gotcha. Right. I, yeah, people don't like to read. Yeah. But um yeah, here, here I am. You can message me about nothing. Don't message me actually. I changed my mind. Okay, well that's the end. <laughs> I don't like you people. Um okay. I wanted it to be. That was a point. <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, to our audience, please like, share, subscribe. We are on Instagram as well as YouTube. And I'm sure we'll be cross-streaming to other platforms. So thank you for coming to our show. And please, oh God, like, share, and subscribe. Don't take my legs. <laughs> <laughs>